Hey, Slip Engel. It's Monday night still, and uh, you're listening to episode 308. Looks like this is going to be released on a Friday, and Adam and I uh, on Friday are going to be barreling down to Austin to go to Super Lab Battle USA um, at Circuit of the Americas. So uh, this episode is uh, with guest Mike Taylor to talk about uh, uh, just a bunch of dumb wheel-to-wheel racer jokes and uh, doing body work on cars that get crashed. So uh, we hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters and also to Apex Pro. So uh, if you're looking for a data solution and you don't already have one, uh, we Really recommend you you give a look to Apex Pro, and you can find discounted hardware on the Tractune website. Um, details are posted uh, within the show notes, and uh, we hope we get a chance to see you all soon. Enjoy the show. all set i'm going how are your levels mike uh they're okay if i hold it like this and don't you know put it like that (laughs) yeah you don't want to put it like that i started late uh sorry abe (laughs) you make my life so difficult i i didn't think you were saying three two one i thought i was saying three two one (laughs) wait you you didn't say two or one i don't whatever it's fine uh, you want to sort it out? Or you want to you want to stop and start again? <laughs> it's fine. Abel, get it. Abel, the whole the whole show will be off one second. <laughs> I don't think no. people expect uh, quality work from us. So no. Yeah, we'll just no. um, Abe just make it so Adam is three quarters of a second delayed, and everyone will think he's slow. <laughs> this is my slow they friend, would, Adam. Yeah, they he, wouldn't be entirely wrong, but. Uh, <laughs> Especially now that I'm I'm super nasally, Adam. So I sound uh, I sound even worse than normal, uh, and my tongue is uh, it's probably uh, gonna I'm probably gonna like choke on my own uh, saliva sometime in the middle of the show. It's it's real bad over here in sickness land. But, is it uh, is it snowing uh, up in Chicago? It just started coming down real hard, like at four thirty today, and now it looks like winter again for the first time in like two months. We haven't had like any snow. It's been kind of wonderful, but. Uh, it's it's probably a little bit different down south, but uh, what this weekend it was like sixty five and sunny. We took the dogs on walk both days, and that was that was it pretty was awesome. so nice here too. It was fifty five on s- Sunday and probably like almost fifty on Saturday. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, so uh, welcome to Slip Angle Show, I guess. Uh, hi Abe. Hi Mike Taylor. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we got uh, regular of the show, Mike Taylor, on. He's standing in his shop. Hopefully not walking away from his recorder, uh, and uh, yeah, and he's working on race cars. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm staring s- at, at at three three ugly Civics right now. You have so many race cars right now. Want to say uh, thanks at the beginning of the show to our uh, our friends and and, uh, and and buddies over on Patreon. 
If you uh, search Patreon and Slip Angle Show, you can support the show. And coming soon will be, uh, what, Abe? We're doing Patreon-only shows, it turns out. We're going to do some Patreon-only shows. <laughs> I forgot what we... <laughs> we made that thing so long ago, I forgot what we promised to do. Yeah, and now it's like a whole bunch of stuff that we got to deliver. So like, Yeah, and now we have like a whole bunch of buddies that are supporting us. So we really appreciate that. Um, and, uh, and appreciate uh, all the other people and companies like apex pro etc so yeah um, uh, new new supporters for uh since since the last show are andrew rains of apex pro james houghton uh, our favorite broke ass time attacker and uh josh carter so thanks to you all um, oh josh carter's on there cool. yeah cool. Uh, pretty he's, been, he's been uh He's been listening for a long time, and he's been uh, like a regular text buddy of, uh, I think, Austin Bolt, Austin and I. He's got a shop out in Utah or Oklahoma or somewhere that's somewhere out west near us. It's out west. He works on a lot of Subarus. Look him up. So He'll probably ping me the name of the shop uh, when he hears this, and it won't do any good because it won't be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, unless I'm thinking of a different Josh Carter, I don't know. There's probably multiple Josh Carters. Uh, Mike Taylor, what are you working on today? You're in the shop. Uh, are you disassembling or prepping something to go to a body shop? Or yeah, you yeah, I'm I'm getting good old squirrel ready to go to the to the uh, frame shop to uh, get put back to you know hopefully pretty straight condition here. So what happened? <laughs> Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah, what happened, Mike? What'd you do? Uh, well, it seems like ancient history now, but it wasn't that long ago, I guess. But uh, at the it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, I guess it was only three weeks ago. Yeah, I went down to the um, first uh, SCCA Super Tour down at Sebring, and um, and uh, had a lot of fun the first practice session, but the first qualifying session was not quite as much fun, and uh, managed to stuff it into a uh, tire wall head-on at about seventy miles an hour. So yeah, it was hard hit. But, yeah, uh, it was it was the hardest hit I've ever had, but. Uh, what what turn was that? Seventeen. The um, onto the onto the front straight. Is that the notoriously bumpy one? Or is, yeah, of a yeah. Turn? You know, it's, uh, Sebring isn't that bumpy other than that turn. That turn is yeah is um it's not bumpy. Doesn't describe it. It's violent. Is the yeah. way to describe it. I mean, do you think that was part of the crash, or do you think? Oh uh, yeah, because watching yeah. you watching video. There was, a, I think, a Miata uh, kind of behind and off to your driver's side, um, and it looked like you were you were going in a little bit hot, but that car really stepped around on well, you. Well, um, that was the year before, actually, that video you saw. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the one where you crashed. <laughs> there was a Miata behind you, not in front of you. Uh, oh, 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 there's video when I crashed? I, I haven't seen the videos. The, the, the video yeah, that the yeah. SCCA put out, their sort of promo thing, they had, they had me spinning in turn 17, and that was from the year before. So, so yeah, I'm not I think, an uh, expert at Sebring. Um, is the reason yeah, it's so bumpy just, is that like, uh, is it just expansion or like not yeah. level in concrete or something? I mean, have, well, you, tr- have you walked the track and felt it? Uh, well, I, I've been on it before and it's, I mean, you know, that's kind of the character of, of Sebring. I mean, um, it's just known to be really bumpy and, uh, and, and, and that's the bumpiest part. I mean, I, I think that, I said that here, section... Yeah, uh, is that part of the World War II Air Force Base? Yeah, it's an old it's an old World War II bomber training base or something like that. So, 
Um, I guess, you know, the concrete is really, really thick on it. And yeah. you know, over the years, it's, you know, the sections have heaved up and, and gotten uneven. And, um, and what I heard is the, the reason you, they can't really just lay down asphalt, uh, you, you can't really just lay down asphalt on concrete. They, you got to kind of dig it up and everything. And I guess that concrete is just so thick that you just, you can't really dig it up economically. It's, that's just what you have is that concrete. So, yeah, when you landed bombers on it, um, you probably make it pretty thick. But. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think on a previous show, I said, like, you know, Sebring is totally flat. There's like six inches of elevation change, and all of it is in turn 17. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that violently bad? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's like, um, it, like, your head bounces around and hits everything. Like it's right. it's really uh, the the rest of the track. I don't think is bad at all, but just that that part. Hmm. I just uh, I sent you video from. I've sent both of you guys video in the chat that we're actually talking on. We're all recording in three different places. I'm in Chicago. Abe's in Indy, and Mike is in Georgia. Um, but I sent you video of from somebody, uh, the guy that was behind you into the. It looks like to your driver's side. Um, gross. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> huh, yeah, I, yeah. So I, there it is. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta no, that, see this. I'm watching it right now. Yep. <laughs> you're watching yourself crash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're right in the yeah, head on. I just saw it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, it looks. I, it looks I, like I the ca- that, I didn't know that video. The car, existed. S- the car stepped. Sorry. I I heard. I actually saw that video before you responded to the group chat that you were okay. Uh, wow. I think uh, who who shared it? It might have been what's his face, uh, uh, Nolan Feathers. He might have shared it, or Brad shared it with me because he saw Nolan talk about it. I don't remember. Um, yeah, yeah. But somebody was watching somebody's like in car live stream uh, from the event, and uh, that's where they saw it, or somebody. But uh, yeah, it looked like the car like stepped out a little bit on you, and then like just hooked, and then hard left right into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So like that session, I had actually added in um, a couple clicks of rear compression um, to try and get it to come off the corners a little better. And um, and so, you know, it's hard to say what happened, but the back end stepped out. Maybe it was because of that. I mean, I've been through that corner so many times and even though it was violent, the car was very well behaved other than that time. And then and then the back end stepped out and, you know, you try and catch it, but it's like. You know, you don't want to catch it too quick because it can snap back. And, you know, you want to kind of catch it as easy as you can because um, mm-hmm. you're always worried about it uh, catching and, and hooking back to the outside. And, and uh, you know, I, so I, I had to catch it faster than I really wanted. And so I'm, I'm thinking, I hope this thing doesn't, doesn't bite me and go to the outside. And, it, and that's what it did. And as you can see in that video, there was... Uh, you know, but when that happened, I was pointed right at that outside tire wall, like fifteen feet, ten or fifteen feet in front of me. So there was yeah, you still had a lot of a lot of energy in that car still. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. You said I it mean, was a pretty soft hit though. Like it didn't it didn't actually feel that bad. Uh, that's what you said that day. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. Like you know, right right before you crash, you, you kind of assess the situation, and I was like, well, that's <laughs> probably the end of this car, and this is probably going to hurt. <laughs> and uh, and uh, 
but then as it as it went into the wall, it was like halfway through the crash, and I was and I and I remember thinking, this is a lot cushier than I thought it was going to be. Um, was it straight up tire wall, or did it have like a, a conveyor belt on the edge of it, or, or how yeah? Was that, so how was wall turn, built? yeah, turn seventeen is like it's most of it's really wide with a lot of runoff room and concrete wall on the outside with tires, and then I guess recently they had put this other like freestanding tire barrier. I don't know if it's like two or three rows thick of tires with a conveyor belt on it and it's just sitting out there on the concrete right and oh so, so that's the one you found huh yeah yeah luckily because yeah. i think it just it there's a lot of give and it dissipated the energy all along the tires for way far yeah. down on either side you know so uh, that's why it was cushy but um you know it can still do a lot of damage to a car unfortunately yeah especially a, a thin little unibody car that was probably designed in 1989 you know yeah um, yeah so, so how bad is the car? What, uh, uh, I mean, I know, but, <laughs> but let's tell uh, Abe and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, the left, uh, it's, it, it went in almost head on, uh, the left, left side a little, a little more in the left side than the front. And, uh, the left side's pretty crunched. The frame rail has a, has, it, it's in the shape of an S with a big kink in it. So, and, and the firewall is crunched or not the firewall, the, uh, shock tower is crunched. Shock tower. I'm, yep. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. So. It needs a frame rail and a shock tower. Um, and, uh, but actually, you know how everyone likes stories on this show, right? So, um, so, uh, you know, I've been racing with, uh, John Sewell and his Integra. His, he has an yeah. STL Integra. Yeah. And, and, and so I've been helping him out and, you know, we hang out and race together. And so, you know, they, the, the ambulance comes out and they make me get in that. And I'm like, I'm fine. I said, well, we're going to take you to the, to the medic tent or whatever. Okay. And uh, so I get out and uh, John Sewell rides up on his bike and gets off. And I'm like, huh, oh, he might, he must have saw that I crashed. He's coming to check on me. He looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I crashed. What are you doing here? And he goes, I, I think I broke my arm. And uh, turns out, right. He was, he was just, a few cars behind me and earlier in the lap he had uh went to go inside of a slower car and the car didn't see him and turned in on him and uh when that car hit his steering wheel it jerked the wheel out of his hand and did a half turn and hit his arm and broke his arm <laughs> it, it, like his arm or his wrist well it's just above his wrist uh, oh arm, it actually broke wrist. one of the big bones yeah yeah holy cow <laughs> so you know, so there's two seats there. We both sit down. We both have medics like working on us. And I'm thinking, man, this is a hell of a picture for our, for our race team, right? I mean, we're both. Yeah, yeah. Know. The the Mike Taylor prep shop is not looking good there. No, <laughs> no, not looking good at all. So yeah, you do uh, you do a lot of like the uh, the actual like mechanic work on on his car, um, and and coaching and stuff like that too. So he he got a, he got real fast in the last few years too. So a little bit of. Uh, Speaks a little bit of volumes about your uh, your prep shop there. Uh, yeah, it's you know honestly, it, it's more just it, it's like most uh, I think people on the track, their cars are more capable than than the than the, the drivers. I mean, it's it's not that hard to build a good car, but you know, yeah, for he, most people, he, he it takes really, a lot of work to get fast. He seems like the car is. It seems like the car is really well built, but he's uh, he's found uh, like a ton of speed um, since you since he started hanging out with you. So that's rad. 
Yeah, I know. Like he, he wanted me just to kind of help him out with the car originally. And so I looked at the car and I'm like, John, you know, there's not much more you can do to the car. I mean, and I think I told him, I'm not going to allow you to do anything to the car until like you like get faster. Cause you know, concentrating on the car is just a distraction to, to concentrating on driving, I think. So, um, yeah, but yeah, but it's a cool car. I like the color too. It's a good blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun car. We, um, we, we co-drove it at a, uh, enduro in Daytona a couple of years ago and it was okay. the, the the car was fun I mean you know I, I um, that was what two years after the runoffs there and uh, I just went out in the Duro it's not my car so I wasn't like going crazy and I think I was running lap times that probably would I think it would have qualified like third at the runoffs in STL so the car is more than capable yeah it made good power too didn't it yeah yeah so yeah. So for listeners who don't know much about uh, STL, um, it's a displacement uh, determines the weight of the of the car roughly, uh, and like there's some pretty basic limits on the engines. It's eleven and eleven to one uh, stock heads, like no porting. Uh, you can do a point four two five inch lift cam, uh, but you can do rods, pistons. You can get there any way you want, but you can only do eleven to one compression. Um, Factory intake manifolds, like exhaust and header and all that stuff is open. But people are putting a lot of development into these cars to try to wring every two, three, four horsepower out of them. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, um, it, the, the performance potential, I think, is pretty similar to GLTC. Um, yeah, I think like, know, uh, like lap records are going to be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I think GLTC will be a bit faster. But, um, uh, but you know, like I, I plan on running this car in GLTC without really doing much to it at all. Um, yeah, you'd be right in the mix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ran it at uh, Road Atlanta, and I think I was third the first race, and 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 I was, you know, I think I was actually had less power than I declared, so I was I was quite a bit overweight, and uh, and it doesn't have any of the big wings or aero or any of that stuff, right? Um, but it's got yeah. good good suspension, and and I've got a gazillion laps at. Uh, at Road Atlanta, so that didn't hurt either. But. So for listeners, your car is 90, 92 to 95 Civic uh, Coupe with a B18 swap. Is it a Type R swap or is that a B18 C1? What is that? Uh, it's yeah. It was originally a, a, a C1 GSR, and then I converted it over to Type, Type R, R the last like four years or something like that. How, how did it do um, pace-wise, like in a straight line, you ran against uh, the the two-time STL runoffs champion in the uh, in Danny Stain in his MX5. He's got an NC like Derek's, but uh, he's got like all the money poured into it, all the development. Like that car is dialed. Uh, how did it do on pace in a straight line against Danny the last couple times you saw? Um, it was. I mean, you know, I think we talked about when I ran against him at at uh, the Arc at Road Atlanta, but um, the uh, at Sebring on the uh, Friday practice. Um, we went out and ended up next to each other and the whole practice session we were just um you know he couldn't get by me and i couldn't get by him and and on the straight like he got a good run off me once on was it turn 15 or maybe it's 16 onto the back straight and uh and uh you know he couldn't he couldn't pass me in the draft so i think i got i think i finally got the motor um that i was kind of missing for a bunch of years um yeah blake, so yeah, blake, the, blake just built that motor too right yeah yeah so um, yeah, the, the, the motor is there now. So, you know, for, awesome. for STL anyway. So, uh, so, so we'll see, but, um, 
Yeah, but I want to do a lot of GLTC this year too. So I'm, I'm going to try and do both, and we'll we'll see how that works out. I don't know. So Mike, so how, I haven't uh, I haven't known you a super long time, but I do know you're the guy that always has the silly nicknames for cars. <laughs> for how long yeah. have you been giving goofy names to your cars? Uh, quite a while, actually. Come to think of it. I mean, so the Grand Am, which I've talked about here before, that was like my first car I did anything with. Auto Your first race car. And my, and, yeah. yeah. And, and my kids were young. You know, I mean, they're 29 now. Um, but they were like in, you know, in, a, in a wagons. We'd, I'd bring my son to the autocross in a, in a little wagon, you know. And uh, that was when um, uh, Lion King first came out. And so they, they called that car Pumbaa, you know, the one character from Lion King. So that was Pumbaa. And that's, I guess, how it all started. Um, but uh, it was interesting. I had a, um, I had a conversion van to, to, to pull that car. And so I thought, what should I put on that? This is when I lived in Illinois. So I thought, well, uh, so what I settled on was pig puller. <laughs> so... <laughs> And so I had I had that on the license plates, P I G P U L R, and then Pumbaa on the license plates of the of the thing. And I tell you, I got some of the weirdest looks. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, you can use your imagination there. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> that's that's one way to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how the nickname started, Abe. I think I need to change your name in the group chat, Mike. <laughs> Good old pig puller. <laughs> so, but you know, there's, you know how you how you always try and figure out what some of these license plates mean. And one time we we were driving back with the family from uh, I think Arkansas back up to Chicago. You know, it was, you know, middle of the night, you know, kids were young, stopped at, at a gas station. And this, and this one guy runs over. He goes, I figured it out. I know what you do for a living from your license plate. I'm like, oh, okay, tell me. He goes, you work on pipelines. I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't tell, tell me, like, how do you know? Tell me, yeah, pipeline? why? <laughs> and he said, so when you clean a pipeline, what, the, what, what they used to do is they used to take a pig carcass, tie a rope to it, and drag it through a pipeline. That's how they cleaned it. So when they, when they pull things through pipelines to inspect them and to clean them, they're called pigs. Okay. Mm, so yeah. so he, he thought I worked on pipelines. Yeah. Okay. So I think what we should do is ask uh, Slip Angle listeners to send us a message on Anchor with some of their <laughs> funniest license plates because yeah. I can think of a plate that I saw while I was on the air force base in Ohio. It was a Volvo C 30, I think. And, uh, one of the plates, it was, um, J Z Z M A N jizz man. Oh, so no, I wasn't sure <laughs> if it was How'd they get that? jazz man or jizz man. I, I don't know. Uh. Well, e either one, you know, you could explain them both. So, so I had Man, another license pulling, plate on a car, and the only person that ever figured it out was my daughter, which is yeah. Shocking. What was it? It was I won't tell you what what car it was on, but it was M S Q R T nine. Okay, what's that? what's that mean? 
Well, it's obvious, man. M square root of nine. M three. Mm. There you go. I had it. Yeah, I, mm, I get you. I got you. Yep. And and all, none of my car friends got it. My daughter was following one day in her car. And she goes. She calls me up. I just saw your license plate, and I know what it means. And she's the only one that figured it out. Finally got I, it. I, yeah, everyone else thought it was had something to do with a mega squirt. That was my first thought. Yeah, yeah that was my, yeah. my my brain was going that that same way. Squirt, squirt. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, the uh, you used to have a Quigley conversion four wheel drive like eight liter Chevy van. Didn't you? Sick. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first tow vehicle when I got. Yeah. Into well, this was there a cool name for that racing. thing? Do we have a name for that? I don't. Know that's like a serious name. van. Like that van. That's an insane van. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think we ever named that one. Did, I assume you bought it used. Yeah. Somebody yeah. spent a yeah. mountain of money on that van. Yeah, yeah. It had the uh, the uh, Vortec eight liter motor. I think they made eight, that for eight the liter, eight point one, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. What year was that? Do you know? Uh, I think it was. Uh, what was it? You know, uh, late '90s ish, uh, maybe maybe like a 2000. I can't. I'm gonna look up the for sale thread while uh, while I, while we hear your next story. <laughs> uh, yeah, stories. That's so, uh that's a serious van. Like how how did that thing do mileage wise? Because a four wheel drive eight oh, liter sounds terrible. Yeah. So um, towing, you know that that 28 foot enclosed that I had with the, with the trailer. Yeah. Um, you know, like. 70 miles an hour would be, uh, I think, I think the worst I ever got was five and a half miles a gallon. That's pretty bad. That is pretty That's bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> that is pretty bad. But, just, but, just think of it at five and a half miles a gallon, you're spending twice as much money as if you got 11 miles a gallon. Yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, my, um, our, like my I giant took, RV uh, with a trunk 20 foot trailer gets like double what that got. <laughs> Freaking diesels. When when yeah. I towed Levi's car or when we towed Levi's car down to Road Atlanta last year, um, my first thought was, man, this is bad on fuel. And man, this is really, you know, it's expensive to drive down here. And then, you know, from my house to Road Atlanta and back, uh, towing the Civic, I think it was like $350 in fuel. And we were gone like five days. And it's like, well, that's really not that bad at all. Like, I mean, if no, you were going to drive... I probably wouldn't drive that vehicle out to Colorado, but I'd do it to, you know, a track down south without much hesitation. But like, yeah, it was a little bit of money, but it's really not that big a deal compared to what you'd pay in a hotel and whatever, whatever else. And you get to take everything that you want, like all the things, and your wife can make your pizza rolls as you drive, or you can make her pizza rolls as she drives. Yeah, because the generator is fixed and we'll get to do that kind of thing. That's right. You got to run that thing this year. Uh, I talked to my dad on the phone today. I, I think I said on the show that he is, uh, he was building a pole barn and right. it's nearly finished. He just put his travel trailer inside, but it's a, it's a 40 by 60 pole barn, uh, in the nice. back of his property. And it's got a spot for me to park the RV in the winter, which means it'll be out of the rain or out of the snow at least. And, uh, if I do need to do any like roof ceiling kind of work and make sure yeah. that everything yeah. is, is watertight, I can do it under the cover of a barn. Um, Mike has actually talked about uh, RVs a little bit too. Are you, are you sticking with the, you just bought a new trailer, Mike. Are you sticking with the trailer or what are your current thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah. I, th I, th I think for now I've got so much, 
car crap to straighten out now that I've bent up the race car. That yeah. Any, <laughs> any other plans to change are on hold for now. But, you know, um, it, the, the, the whole, like, car community is, is so great. Like, you know, I was, I was leaving um, Sebring on, uh, took off Saturday early. And I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to need a chassis either to donate uh, frame rails or just to retub the car. And so I just put some out there. Hey, you know, someone send me some links. And uh, by the time I was two hours out of Sebring, um, uh, found one that was perfect. It was up in, it was like five, five hours from my house. But I talked to the guy and I could go up and get it the next day. So I was actually up in northeastern Tennessee by Bristol um, and loading up the car as the last race finished at uh, Sebring. That's crazy. I had to do that's a long weekend, man. What, were you? Uh, you weren't. Uh, you weren't like hurting or anything from the crash or anything, right? No, I didn't have one ache or pain the next day. Like it never happened. Really? Yep. Not. Not one. You, you, not. That's a, that's a huge plus. Uh, every time I've gotten in an accident, it has been very painful. I, I got a bad whiplash that uh, that when I got smashed at Road Atlanta. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh yeah that's good that's that's the worst you know yeah, i'm looking yeah, I, was, I'm, uh, I was gonna say i'm looking at looking for this for sale thread and i can't find it but i was just reminded of something that we that we bought together partially um oh, oh you mean i mean lately no like recently? uh no do you remember the coronet uh off the oh, sandbox yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. We'll have to oh, remember yeah. to talk about that. But anyway, sorry, I didn't oh, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt your, uh, your stream of thought so, there. So, um, you know, but we did buy another new car very recently, didn't we? A new car. Oh, oh, we did buy another car, didn't we? Yeah, we own the little blue thing that's right next to me here, uh, Dan's yep. sedan, um, and we just bought a Civic Wago van. Yes. Well, yeah, at least one. Maybe. Yeah, we might have bought two. Abe, we got problems, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, it turns yeah when you here, when you've go got ahead. multiple friends uh, that all own a quarter of a car and you want to like do an engine swap, you're like, you know, we could just buy a car with that engine and like take it and like then get rid of the car because <laughs> it's like a couple hundred bucks a piece. So yeah, we're really stupid. We're really stupid. <laughs> but I mean, it it appears to be a hell of a deal. I think. Yeah, uh, what was it? Eleven hundred bucks? No, so. Uh, or this was the, the eighteen hundred dollar one. Yeah, this is the eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the first one was a. It's a. The so, first one is a B uh, Wagavan with a B twenty uh, swap, which is a so CRV engine. It, yeah, it should it should bolt right right into Dan sedan. Yeah, because it's and, uh, it's got the same engine bay. The Wagavans were basically EF chassis, so it's got the passport engine mounts and all that stuff. It's got all the the pieces that we would need to collect, which all cost like 150, 200 bucks a piece, you know? Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, our thought was to just buy something that had all the stuff already. Yeah. So I, I happened to run across this and, and I think he's asking 1200. So I said, yeah, would you take 800? And he went, okay. Yeah. That was the first so, one. That was the first one. Yeah. That was, that was the first one. And which which we bought fifty dollars of so far. You have a deposit because he couldn't find the title or something. Yep, yep. So he's getting the title for that. And then uh, a couple days later, I found another one down here that was another B twenty swap Wagavan, Believe it or not, and uh, that one I think um, 
looks a little nicer. Um, and that one was eighteen hundred. Um, so we bought that one too. Yeah, we sold the drivetrain out of Dan. I gotta I gotta pull it this weekend, I think. Um we sold the it's a ITA prepped engine and trans and all that stuff. And uh you know who was mad at me that I didn't tell him I and I at PRI he talked to me about his track car that he needs a motor for and I didn't even put it together. Uh but Hayward from SCCA texted me and he's like, oh, Did yeah. you sell that thing already? And I'm like I think we might have, uh, and we, and we, like the dude PayPal like a minute later. Um, and <laughs> Hayward was, Hayward was like, I think legitimately upset at me. <laughs> yeah. Cause oh, we, well. he and I talked for like 15 minutes at PRI about his, uh, his track car that he wants to run time trial stuff with and just have fun with. But, um, so that sold and that paid for the majority of the, the swap car. Um, so that'll be fun. I think yeah. that'll be. I think that'll make Dan like a really good time. Dan the sedan will be like a mid-pack GLTC car without a problem. Yeah, and for really, it's the swap. I think is going to be kind of free. Yeah, uh, virtually. Um, it, it, uh, I'm going to take the wagon up here and either keep it and send some more money, or sell it and send some more money. So, because uh, yeah. a rust-free wagon van is is worth money here. So. Yeah, and it's funny. Like I'm so used to everything being rust free down here, and Adam's so used to everything being totally rusted out up there. Totally garbage. So, you lived up here for yeah, a long but, time, though. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know how it goes. I mean, yeah. I spent 18 years up there. So, if I had uh, some extra money, I can't explain why I want one of these cars so much, but I would drive down to you or fly down to you and buy a rust free manual trans like 06 TSX. Can't explain They're why. Such I want cool. One. Those are great cars, it's man. It's just a what great, a great car. car. So, yeah. Abe, if I if I find one for you, you'll come down and get it. Then I I, uh, I don't know what the number would be before my wife didn't kill me, uh, but I I just yeah. kind of want one. Yeah, they're good yeah. cars. Uh, that would, so, they're getting really cheap yeah. now too. Like you can find nicer ish ones for like two three grand. Well, they're and like really cheap. My my thought is if if the engine was tired. Um, but the trans was good and the shell was good. I just take it up to Andy and have him swap a new one in. Like, there's a, that's a really easy car to swap too. Uh, there's nothing crazy about working on those things. I uh, I drove one. Um, Jason Wynn, our, our our meat enthusiast friend from Wisconsin. Uh, right. He had one, or his friends had one. And it was like a 300,000 mile TSX or something. And all the check engine lights were on. And it, I mean, it was like, you could tell that it was like not doing great, but it like just neglected it. Yeah. It drove fine. Like I, I drove it yeah. from ice battle to like the bar or something. And it was like, wow, this is a really nice car. They're not junk at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know if modern My Acuras are not junk, but. Man, that like well, Mike's got a similar car to your daily. Mike has a same generation as your Mugen SI, and like that car shares a lot of parts with like TSX, like and they're kind of the same build quality, and they're just like fine cars, like they're not garbage. So. I think the the thing that like is is my favorite part about the I guess the eighth gen, not specific to my car, but the eighth gen in general is um, with engines being cheap. Um, Pretty much everything on the car is serviceable until the chassis is at end of life, right? Like, yeah, I'm just going to keep driving it. it. Just fix yeah. it and keep driving it. Yeah. 
I, I like cars like that. That's how, kind of how my how my work truck is too. Like I could always just put a different piece in it as long as there's frame rails that are like structural. You can like change the cab. You can change the engine. You can change the trans, the drive shaft, the diff. I just put new springs on it. The brakes are a hundred dollars a corner. Like it's just a. I'm spraying it with oil on the bottom of it now. The the fluid film like rust stop oil. You didn't take it to a Houghton Rust Control? Uh, no, that's a long that's a long drive from Yeah, here. but it might be but worth I'm, it. It's Houghton Rust Control. It probably would, actually. Um, the, uh, but yeah, I just want to keep that thing forever because it's so me- it's so mechanical and serviceable. And I think, uh, yeah, like the, the mid-early the mid early 2000s uh, Hondas and stuff, that's just an easy car to live with. And, that, uh, and a lot of Japanese cars of that era. They're just easy to work on, easy to live with. Although Mike just had to change the starter on yours, and that was... Uh, you were a little intimidated by hit by that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as hateful as I thought it would be once I figured out that 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 you just take off the upper part of the core support. And and what did you end up finding after you changed the starter? And it wasn't the starter. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, you know what it was. This is really stupid. Someone had um, put a new. Um, positive battery terminal on and you know one of those that you put the put the cables in and yeah, you crimp it down it down yeah 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 it would that wasn't tight oh jeez. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a bad that's a bad fix right there when you have to change a starter because your battery cables loose you know i i don't yeah. think i ever told you this adam i almost uh i almost burned the evo to the ground when i was putting the engine back in back when we lived in michigan you know i'm like really? i, I kind of did it um from memory, and this is the first time I've ever pulled the engine out of the Evo. Um, we're kind of putting everything back in, and I'm, you know, connecting wires and stuff up at the front, and like big wire for the starter, right? Oh yeah, you know that one just goes there, and uh, we start to um, like connect the battery terminals, and I I connect the positive lead, everything's fine, and then I touch the oh. negative lead, and it like it like holy shit sparks, and I was like, well that that's weird, and so I did it again, and it basically like welded the terminal to uh the 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 ring that slides over it and i was like oh god and it's like getting hot um uh-huh <laughs> well the thing that i connected to the starter was the chassis ground whoops yeah i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i'll do it yeah you just arc welded my friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah it scared the crap out of me so yeah no that's a bad moment uh what do you, how did you fix that how did you unbolt something or what? well i like I left the battery disconnected and I went back and I checked everything. Okay. It didn't like actually weld and like, no, I, I had to like cause... pull it. Right. Okay. It, like it stuck apart and I just pulled it. Yeah. But it still scared the shit out of me. Yeah. People do like that, people that some people actually weld that way. Like with a, a car battery. <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> that, you know, that reminds me of the time when I was, so I was in, I was in high school and I had, a 1970 Plymouth Fury. And um, it was up in Wisconsin, up in northern Wisconsin, the little town I grew up in. And I, I drove over to one of the uh, the dirt uh, stock car races in Rice Lake, which is like 60 miles away. And it was, I was coming back. It was like, you know, one in the morning, just, you know, ripping down these country roads in this nice big old Fury. And all of a sudden, um, the engine dies, the light goes out, the lights go out, and there's, like, smoke in the car. Oh, jeez. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, I hope I remember which way the road goes, and the power steering goes out, and get get the car stopped, and 
open the hood, and there's sparks coming out all over the place. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that um, you know that the that the positive battery cable had come like not you know how it's kind of routed a certain way. Well, it had come loose and had come up to rest on the exhaust manifold and melted through the um, the the insulation on the positive battery cable and shorted it out on the exhaust manifold and basically just killed the car. That will happen. Well, Plymouths have been known for their uh, design excellence and uh, quality <laughs> of construction for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite yeah, some a, fine, a storied fine history. I thought maybe you were going to say you were on back roads and you hit a big bump and you pulled a cattle where all your relays fell out or something. No, I, I, I'm not that talented. That is my, that's like one of my favorite like race problems ever is he jumps the <laughs> turn. He turned three at Road Atlanta or whatever, comes crashing down and the car stalls. Uh, he pulls off to the right out of harm's way. And like, what was the problem? He landed so hard that the relays all fell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, he had he had the relay thing mounted like upside down. Yeah, so the relays yeah. were, were were hanging down. And he hadn't so. taped him in Which, or anything. That's such yeah. a stupid yeah, I mean, and hilarious problem. It's, so, it's like the it's like the dumbest best way to lose a race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was like the first race of the weekend too. So we were all like, "Oh man," because he's like, you know, one of the top three competitors that you want to watch uh, at, at a lot of races this year or last year. And it's like, "Oh, we we just lost Katil. What happened? Did he blow it up? No, his relays fell out because he he freaking hot boy jumped that thing and slammed it down so hard." But you know, I I would have never thought of that. Like, oh, I better mount it so the relays aren't hanging down. No, I wouldn't have either. Because like, it's so, how many factory cars are that way? The relays just kind of yeah. like you know, it's aiming downward, but maybe you know, like a ten degree tilt or something in the fuse box. Like you you never think that that's gonna be a problem. But that's a hard smash turn three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, what, that's funny like way to lose, especially in endurance cars when you when you know because I uh, you know I. I started out doing all the enduro stuff and still enjoy doing it. And it's like, you think, well, you know, I want to make everything redundant. And, you know, the thing I saw the other day, I think I saw it in some, some, uh, you know, Facebook post where like, um, uh, they mounted like two starter buttons. So oh, yeah. in case one starter button goes down, you can still start the car. I'm like, well, that's, that's smart. That is smart. I've had starter buttons die for sure. A little bit, a little oh, bit yeah. simpler, but, um, I kind of learned this from the guys at RS Motors when you were putting a car together for one lap. Um, mm -hmm. Really consider like, you know, anything that's touching in the engine compartment, like anything that over 5,000 miles on your track car might be a problem. And so like oh, yeah, yeah. there were Isolate some spots everyone. on like intercooler tubing um, that were like just touching uh, another piece of metal or something. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, that might wear through. The way you solve this problem is you cut a silicone coupler in half, you slip it over, and you worm gear clamp it on. Um, yeah. Because the last thing you want is a boost leak because, well, your, your tubing literally just wore through. So Yeah, yeah very much. Same thing with uh, a big problem we see in the tech shed at, like, HPDE and Time Attack and GLTC and everything, like drift cars. Like, everybody has this problem. They, like... They run an oil cooler, right, so that their oil stays colder and so that the engine lasts longer, right? Um, but the lines are just freaking hanging out there in space. Uh, and that's two. there's two problems to that is, like, 
they're touching the core support. They're touching the radiator. They're touching everything. So you so you do that. You slit some radiator hose appropriately larger, and you zip strip it on or tape it onto things. Um, and another thing that I saw happen uh, was a lot of these people have ninety degree fittings. You know, uh, like the AN fittings off the end of the line. Uh, and then there's a lot of hose bounce there. And I saw like a hose come loose because it just bounced. It's, it literally bounced a compression fitting loose. And the thing oh, is leaking. He drove it from Chicago and he pulls into the tech shed at Gingerman and it leaves a line all through the paddock. And all it, it literally, it just had like two feet of hose bounce. And that, that actually loosened the uh, compression fitting just enough, uh, with, uh, cause it was a 90 right off the cooler. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many little details. So of, many things. You know, yeah. as as you get into this stupid hobby more and more, it, you know, it's like I'm I'm getting ready to. Well, I was going to rewire the car now, but now I'm busy right. getting it straight again. So that's you know, another project that's been pushed off yet again. But you know, w- w- one of the things uh, I think when I was up at Charlotte last year for a race, and I I, I probably talked about this where. It had this electrical problem, you know. Got out on the track as soon as it hit the track, it would die. Oh yeah, Low I remember. Fuse, what, what was that? Die. What was that problem again? How did you solve it? So, um, what it, what it turned out to be was uh, the uh, one of the plus uh, um, twelve volt wires going to one of the injectors had uh, was rubbing on something, right. and 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 would intermittently short out. But the problem was that was on a fuse that controlled, you know, supplied power to all kinds of other stuff. Right. So just troubleshooting, and, and, what, and you could drive it around paddock for an hour, and it would never do it, but there was one, one turn and bump as soon as you got on the course, you know, like 50 yards after you, you left grid, oh, yeah. and it would do it every time. And so it was really frustrating. And so now when I'm rewiring it, basically everything gets its own fuse. It, you know, every sensor that requires 12 volts, Every every light, like you know, you know each tail light is getting its own fuse. Holy like, cow! Everything, You're nuts and, on I, this. and I know it's going to be crazy, <laughs> but I tell you, it's going to make troubleshooting a hell of a lot easier. And when something yeah. goes out, like you don't lose both brake lights, like you lose one, or you lose one tail light, or right. you know, you lose one sensor. But if you lose the sensor, you don't lose the ECU at the same. No, well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, like wh- so. Yeah, when, I'm I'm gonna have a buttload of fuses in my car. Another thing that I noticed this year, because um, this was the first year that I drove a car that I had built an entire wiring harness for, and uh, uh, I had this one like ring connector that like broke off three times, and it was for the fan. Um, and I thought there's like there's plenty of slack here. Like like why is this ring terminal breaking off? Like the the it just broke off uh, like three or four times. Um, and it was just, you know, like bounces and the way the wire moved and when the engine flexed and stuff, like I, I was straining that wire and it was just pulling out, uh, or it literally broke the ring terminal one time. Uh, so you got to think of all the, you know what I bet it was, I'll bet you it was the, the right length to be resonant at like the RPM. It, yeah. It could have very well been something like that. It, it, uh, it wasn't like yep, stretched, it, you know, um, it, it, I bet you if it, w- it would have been exactly the same, but. Half the length or twice the length, it probably would have been. Yeah. Fine. So you gotta you gotta you gotta think of like literally the strain of the wires, uh, like where they're routed, like what are they gonna rub up against, etc. So, I just put the engine back in the car uh, on Saturday or Sunday, um, 
And with the supercharger is like, I had to, I'm going to have to like move half the wiring harness. I did a bunch of it on Sunday, but, or Saturday, whatever day I put it in. But, um, it, uh, it, it's, there's a lot more stuff to rub on because the intake manifold is like effectively twice the size and has moving parts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't wait till you get that thing. I'm so thing excited. The supercharger. I'm so excited. It's, it's. It's uh, it's it's looking pretty good too. I did get, I did just get some new Hot Boy wheels from the '90s in Japan, so uh, I'm very excited about this year. But yeah, yeah, I, I I saw those wheels. I know you and you and Erica Teal are so into your wheels. The stu- well, I I never was before. Like I was, I I always ran like Rotas or freaking you know whatever the cheap wheel at the time, like I in the right size. And then I started Instagram like ruined me, and I started remembering like all the wheels that were in magazines when I was like eighteen and nineteen, and like, uh, and there's like I've, I've always been attracted to this. Like three spoke wheels always seem stupid, right? Like uh, you see them on like low riders and like S10 pickup trucks, but I've been attracted to this one specific three spoke wheel. Uh, it's an Advan Super uh, something. I think it's SR3F or something like that. Uh, I forget the name of the code, but it's this one wheel, and you see it on like old RX7s and drift cars a lot. And it's I never see it in four by one hundred. And I was literally con- going to convert to four by one fourteen lug patterns so I could like play with old Corolla wheels and all this junk. Uh, and I still might, um, but I found these wheels in 4x100 last week, and they were, like, cheap because the, the paint is bad. Uh, and I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> it's so dumb, <laughs> but but I'm excited. Yeah, so. So, so that reminds me of uh, another uh, story. Um, you know, I told you about that car that I picked up um, uh, to fix Squirrel. Right. Here, you know, that yeah. the Wallace. So... So um, I um, so the car had been sitting in the in this basement of this one girl up there, and um, you know had had a had a uh, it was one of her long lost boyfriend's cars, I guess, and you know was getting married now and was going to sell the house, and so they they just wanted it to go away. So um, you know I just picked it up for three hundred bucks. This you know you know straight chassis with all these parts that were piled in it and everything and got it home and and, um, <laughs> and it had these shocks on it and 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 i noticed like on the window it had a sticker you know and you know the car is all like different colors and everything and it, it was a total this, project so like you, yeah yeah and it said like um yonaka motorsports so i took a picture of it and it had the shocks on it and these Yonaka shocks, which, you know, it's just a, and I knew Eric had just been over and Eric Cotillo had been over in Japan and he was seeing all these cars that he knew were like, Oh, you know, that's this, you know, Mugen something or whatever. I, you know, yeah, the I, spoon EH3 and the, yeah, the S2000 so, from so, whatever that shop is, you know? Yeah. So, so th- that was on my mind. So I'm like, Hmm. So I took a picture and, um, of it, uh, of, of the stick around the thing. And I, and I took a picture of the shocks and I put it up on like Instagram and I made up this story. Like I, you know, I can't believe when I got this home, it's like the long lost, like Yonaka motorsports <laughs> prototype race car with these, so with, with the shocks that, 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 that like were the first ones that I made up some stupid, like shocky sounding like valve, you know, technology that is now like on all the formula one cars and, yeah, you know, I can't believe I was lucky enough to find this car, and I don't know if I can cut it up. And 
you know, I, I think I probably need to restore it and, you know, just to be stupid. You know? <laughs> and so, I, so I put it out there yeah. and it's like, you know, a lot of people got it, but like, it's surprising. Like I never thought anyone would believe totally me. Totally right? did. Like, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people, I think, believe me. They're like, oh, man, I'm so happy for you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the comments uh, were like, <laughs> Yeah, so I apologize for anyone that believed yeah. what I said. But, no, that's you know, an eBay shock company, by the way. <laughs> yeah, don't ever believe anything no, I put on no. social media because it's usually just stupid and, like, meant to be funny. No. You know those them Yonakas, You know they they get you low, but I don't think they're sought after. Low, low, yeah. low and slow, no, probably not. But yeah, man, low and slow, low and slow. Like, didn't didn't that car but, um, that car was like olive drab green over a lot of it too, right? It's olive drab green with a pink truck trunk, and it's red underneath, and it's got some yellow. Yeah, it's a lot of colors and some primer. So so it's getting it's getting like straight up chopped up by the body shop. Huh? Yeah, probably what I'm going to do is, um, th- th- so uh, um, another uh, Honda Honda racer guy that put his car into the wall at Road Atlanta recommended this frame shop to me. And I, and I think it was um, like, you know, a family that he knew growing up, when he was growing up or something. And so I'm like, well, you know, I got my usual places, but I'll, I'll go check these guys out. And because this is a pretty pretty heavy duty repair, right? This this isn't just like straightening out a car on a frame. Yeah, it, it's um, like you know, by, you know pulling twenty five percent of the unibody needs to leave. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. So got the car in the trailer, brought it over there, and uh, it's just you know this this old you know shop, um, this guy and his wife that run it, and and. He's been doing nothing but straightening cars and frames and everything since 1975. That's awesome. And, um, yeah. So he comes out and, and super nice guy, but he'd had like a stroke like, uh, you know, six or nine months ago. So he's still recovering from that. But he spent like an hour like looking at the car and feeling the fender rail and under here and sort of like talking about his plan as he formulated it. Like, uh, well, like there's a part under the frame that sticks out that it's double wall that goes to here. I think we can, you know, he kind of knew everything, right? He knew everything about that chassis. Yeah. Well, he he said, yeah, I, I did a couple of these like 15 years ago. And so, you know, my memory might not be perfect, but, uh, you know, we could do it here. He said, I won't know exactly till I get it over here. Um, so anyway, um, I'm going to try this guy out, which is different than, you know, uh, uh, Mike Cottrell at, at Century, who has done a lot of good stuff on the car. Yeah. So this is. Uh, I, I hope they're not mad that I'm dissing them, but uh, you know, th- that's all this guy does. So. Yeah, he just he just fixes Unibody's he, car. He fixes Unibody cars and makes them straight, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, um, basically, what he said is, bring the car over. I'll, you know, once I get it apart, I'll know exactly what I'm going to do. And he said, and then I'll tell you what part of the car to bring me. So <laughs> I think what I'm going to end up doing probably is cutting off the left front part of the car with a big saw and just bringing him that right. part of the car. You uh, you think you're going to cut like the quarter panels and take the doors off and save all the consumable spare parts? Or what do you think you're going to do? Pro- probably, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save the the doors and everything. But, you know, in, in you know the, the Sebring crash, what's crazy is that there's hardly anything in front of the firewall that's going to be saved. Yeah. But 
everything from the windshield back is un like perfect. Like perfect. The windshield isn't cracked. There's not a scratch on the that's, door. That's good. Not a dent. Everything's perfect. It's like, but everything in front of the doors is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, well, we uh, uh, we're glad that you're not destroyed. We're glad you then squirrel gets to live another day. That's good. So, um, yeah, yep. we're uh, I think we're into this thing for a show. And uh, we, I did have another, we talked before the show, I had another question. You've been running an Apex Pro for like two years. Uh, your car is the only car I've yeah, driven yeah. with one. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Abe and I just got uh, just got some of our own. Um, how uh, how do you like the blinky lights? Real quick testimonial. So, I mean, um, I think I use them probably a little different than than some people um, because um, I, I'm not I, I'm not really good at doing anything other than staring out the windshield. Um, you know, I I, I I see the lights and like when I want to look at them, I can look at them. But what I find that I do is I I, I see them in my camera. Okay. And so yeah. it's really easy for me to actually, as I'm watching video, I can kind of get an idea like, you know, am I leaving something on the table here or there? So, and I've never heard anyone talk about using it that way. But, that's, that's smart. Um, for me, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, uh, like, I'm always an Android guy. So um, my wife just got um, a new Apple phone. So, and I know they've done a lot of development um, in terms of, um, you know, data capture and analysis yeah, um, yeah. with Apple phones. So um, I'm going to start doing that. So I'm kind of excited to try that. But um, so, uh, yeah, it's it, it's cool. I, I like that it's so portable and uh, and easy to move around and take in and out. And um, so um, I, I'm really looking forward to some of the, you know, diving into some of the Apple uh, data collection. Yeah, you've never stuff. really done much with data, like, uh, per se, have you? You're more of like a video and stuff like nope. that. No, I'm. I've never been a data guy, and that's even though, kinda, like in I your day job, the, you're a data guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I do is data, and you know, I'm. I look at stupid spreadsheets and data all day long. Yeah. And uh, but I, don't know, I just I've just never gotten around to it, and I think that's one of the one of the holes in my game, right? Because you know, th- there's always areas you can improve on. I think if you're ninety nine point nine percent of of drivers out there, yeah. right? And um, and and so I, I'm really hoping that um, that that will uh, kind of fill in a missing piece to this whole stupid race car driving. Yeah, there's there's do. always so many holes to fill. <laughs> I I think I have more holes in my yep. game than many people because I'm sitting next to the track more than I'm on it nowadays. But uh, Abe and I we're going to get on track this year. So. Stoked. I need to yeah. buy some Abe, you buy, tires. Abe, Abe's got to buy some better tires. Yeah, did you buy? Did you pick out tires yet or no? Uh, actually, I uh, maybe these are too narrow, but I did just see that the new uh, Falcon six sixties come out in a two twenty five. Um, uh, yeah, they're coming in a lot of sizes for se- yours are seventeens, right? Or eighteen? Uh, I bought seven. I bought seventeens because I wanted a cheaper tire option. But okay, I think I think it's a nine inch wheel. I'm not positive. It's been a while since I bought them. Um, yeah, but I looked on tire rack this morning and the, the first tire in stock for the 660 is the 225.17. So yeah, we'll, well see before how you quickly buy, they get inventory on those before you buy. Let's wait for all the sizes. Let's get you some, uh, some fat boys if we can. I mean like two fifty fives would be pretty cool. Yeah. And, and Falcon is, uh, is going to be supporting good life a little bit this year. So maybe we can get you a, a buddy deal. We never know. I love so. buddy deals. 
Yeah. Um, well, we're going to pop off and we're going to probably try to wrangle Derek Yarbrough, Yarbrough. in here. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, where do people go to check out Apex, uh, Apex Pro, ApexTrackCoach.com, I believe? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, what do we have on the website now? You just have, uh, you just finished that. Uh, included in our posts on tracktuned.com, uh, which were uh, posting or like co-hosting all of the Slip Angle shows uh, on tracktuned.com. Uh, we have a link for Slip Angle listeners for a data bundle from Apex Pro that includes um, a free suction mount to go with your data hardware and a data review session. And I believe that session is with Andrew Rains. I'm Yeah, I, th- I think it's a I think they charge 100 bucks for it. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's like a one-on-one session with him uh to yeah, go through so. some data. So uh, I, to me, I think that's pretty cool, especially if you don't have experience with um knowing how to make the most of the data that you collect. I know that, yeah. um, you know, when I first started with, with any kind of data, it was with like Harry's, uh, and then I bought the yeah. premium Harry's option. But like I, I, at that time I just bought that really to do like, you know, post up your video on social or whatever, but I didn't actually use it at all to learn how to drive faster. So, yeah. And, and, you know, the, uh, I've never done it. You know, I had, you know, Andrew sort of uh, look at any of my data or anything. But I tell you, that, that boy can drive, too. I mean, we've he's driven with our uh, Lemons and Chump team a few times. And uh, that boy ain't No, slow. he's a wheel man. He raced uh, PwC a couple of years ago. And uh, he uh, he sort of uh, instructs a lot. We're going to have him on the show, I think, next week, too. So it should be fun. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll sign off here. We are almost exactly one hour in. So I think that's a show. Call it. All right. That's a show. Pack it up. Uh, and hopefully I'm not one second behind the entire time. And hopefully I didn't sniffle and cough and sound terrible too much. We have I, I've been pushing this mic show back for like a week and a half because I've been sick for like a week and a half. So. Yeah, we like uh, need to get back yeah. into the habit. We've been posting two shows a week since before the new year. And yeah, we're like we're like out of shows. So we gotta we gotta do some more. Almost. Almost out of shows, but yeah, go to tracktune.com uh, and uh, see uh, see all the things we're putting up. And we do have a new uh, we have a new friend uh, group on tracktune.com. We've got the the Ten Tens podcast buddies are now using uh, Tracktune as their go to website because uh, yeah, because uh, let's make a podcast community too, right? So. And uh, at some point, we're gonna we're gonna like turn this into a real thing and start selling a little bit of merch and uh, yeah. Well, we've been saying that we're going to be selling some some transponders uh, for those people that want to mount it in the front of the car or in the back, uh, whichever you prefer. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Damn it. <laughs> uh, we we just got to like manage the logistics of setting up an e-commerce uh, website on our yeah. Squarespace, we just, and uh, we have to start sure, a company now. Yeah, like we have to start out. a company. So. <laughs> If yeah. you are a listener and you're really good at starting companies and managing web stores, you can hit us up and tell us how to do yeah. it the right way. <laughs> Maybe we could give you money to make it easier for us. Anyway, all right, buddies, we'll uh, we'll we'll sign off and we'll talk uh, we'll talk in a minute here. But uh, thanks everybody for listening and rate and review us wherever you do things and or don't. That's fine too. So uh, See we you, appreciate buddies. all of you. Appreciate Patreon Patreon buddies and uh, et cetera, et cetera. See ya. See ya.
Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello. Hello.